The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Exploring the rich history of Long Island. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to our Christmas Spectacular. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to have a really nice show tonight, so sit back and relax with some people you love. Have a glass of eggnog or whatever you want to drink and some cookies, and we're going to explore some things about Christmas on Long Island. It's going to be a really nice show. I think uh, that man needs no introduction. Everybody knows all famous Long Island musician, Billy Joel. That was recorded at the Nassau Coliseum many years ago in 1977. So we're going to play you some nice Christmas music tonight. It's going to be a lot of things you might not normally hear on the radio every day. And we're going to have a few Christmas stories. Um, I have some special guests here tonight. Um, our intrepid reporter, Larry Farrell, of course, who you've heard report before on the show. And our special guest, Ellen Oakfist, the president of the Lake Heritage Association, a frequent contributor to this show. Before we get started, I'd like to thank uh, our engineer and producer, John Gifford, for all his help. Janet Rishbeater, our research director. Um, a lot of technical help this week from Mike Scudero, one of our engineers and a producer for this show also, and for my wonderful guests tonight. So thanks, everybody. Welcome to the show. So before I really get going, I want to uh, talk to people about a few activities that are going on, on on Long Island right now. So for the rest of the holiday, there's some different great things going on that you can bring the family or the kids to. Um, here's one. Um, Christmas Animated Stories at Hicks Nursery in Westbury. Um, that's a free event. It goes on until New Year's Eve this year. We also have the Shimmering Solstice at Old Westbury Gardens. That's going to go on till January 1st also. It's a wonderful event. The lighting is amazing. It's a really nice event. Um, we also have a Winter Wonderland out east at the Water Drinker Family Farm in Manaville. And that one's going to go on right up until Christmas Eve. A great place to go. Bring the kids. They'll have a great time. Um, also, uh, we have a nice show, The Happy Elf at the Argyle Theater in Babylon. And it's got select dates where that's playing. You can call the Argyle Theater itself to find out. That show goes on until January 1st of this year. Now, of course, we also still have one more night left of the Bright Lights Festival at the Vanderbilt Museum in Centerport. 
Suffolk County Vanderbilt Museum, great place. And you can go there on Thursday night this week and see the last night of bright lights, tours of the house, a candlelight tour. The whole grounds are lit up. It's a really beautiful event. Um, You can now go out to Bayville, and they have a winter wonderland in Bayville going on until January 1st. Um, Long Beach Boardwalk has a great lights festival, and that's going to actually go on until January 14th. So even after New Year's, you can go down and take a stroll on the boardwalk. That's if the weather permits, of course, because right now I don't think anyone wants to be out there. But that's a great one that's going on. Um, There's the Candlelight Holiday Show at Old Bethpage Village Restoration. And they have an amazing lighting display. And that one goes on. uh, That's a pretty limited one from December 26th to December 29th. So if you're looking for a nice activity with the friends or relatives after the holiday, it's a great one to go to. Uh, There's also the Lumino City Festival at Eisenhower Park in Manhasset. Yes, not the other Eisenhower Park. That one goes through January 8th and runs right past New Year's also. So if we get a little bit of good weather, those are great times to go out and see some of the holiday lights. Um, There's some drive-throughs, of course. And there's the typical, the Girl Scout holiday lights in Shirley. This great group of Girl Scouts created this event. And that one is going to be at Smith Point Park. And that'll go on until the 30th. So it's not on New Year's Eve, but it ends right before that. And these girls did a great job, as Girl Scouts usually do. Um, We also have the Jones Beach Magic Light Show. I think everyone knows about that one. And that actually goes on till the 30th. So take the family out, get in the car. That's a pretty amazing event. Uh, Gets a little crowded, but it's really fun. The Town of Islip's having a holiday show at Brookwood Hall. And um, in East Islip, that one goes on until New Year's Eve also. Um, Riverhead has the holiday light show in Riverhead. That's going to go on until New Year's Eve this year. So go check that one out. That's good. And we have one more Girl Scout event, the Enchanted Forest Walkthrough. That's in Yapank at South Haven Park till 1230 this year. Um, 1230 the day before New Year's Eve. So those are some nice events that you can go to. Um, Everyone should enjoy those events. Get the family out there. Have some fun. See the lights. You know, try to make the best of Christmas. And um, I guess one thing I want to say is uh, it's been a very tough year for everybody in this country and in Long Island and the state. And some people have really, really amazing good Christmases and they're very comfortable. And there's other people out there who it isn't so simple for them. They might be homeless or hungry, or divorced, or stressed out. Um, It's been a tough year. So one thing I think I want to urge everybody to do is when you see your fellow man on Long Island during this holiday season, give him a smile. Say happy holiday to them. You know, try to make people feel better because it's the one time of year when we can all openly do that. Everywhere I've been going this week and I say happy holiday to people, the big giant smile I get from them. It can make a difference in a person's day if you do that because some people have really, really stressful holidays and it's very hard for them. So, you know, take care of your fellow people out here. You know, that's one thing we want to do. So anyway, we want to hear from you guys tonight. We're going to open the phones tonight to have people call in and tell Christmas stories or anything you want to say about Christmas. So the number here is 631-451-1039. 
Call in and we'll get you on the air and we'll hear your Christmas stories and what you might have to say about Christmas. Um, remember, you're talking, you're listening to LI News Radio, History Island with your host, Dale Spencer. I'm Dale Spencer with my special guest tonight. Um, and yeah, give a call. We want to hear what your stories are. I know that particularly me, when, when I was a kid, I was a typical kid living in New York City, um, Catholic family, and um, we would go get up at midnight to open the gifts uh, every year, and then we'd go to sleep, and Santa would come. We'd leave him the plate of cookies, the usual milk and the plate of cookies, and then we'd open the presents at midnight. Morning would come, and we'd have to go to church, and we'd go to church in the morning, dying to get home and play with our gifts. And then when we would come back, we would have the most massive breakfast, A to Z, everything you could think of. And um, we and that was our basic tradition. After the big breakfast, we'd open our presents and we'd play all day with them. We weren't a rich family, but my parents managed to make a nice Christmas for us every year. So anyway, we're going to go to our break soon, but I would love to hear stories from all of you listeners out there about um, your Christmas and what Christmas is like for you, what it was like in the past, maybe what it was like in the future. And again, not everybody celebrates Christmas. Some people, it's a Hanukkah celebration. You know, many different cultures we have here in this country and on Long Island. So uh, you're all welcome to call up and we'd love to hear from you and hear your stories about what you have to say. Um, so anyway, hang on. My research director is handing me a note here. And um, also, she said, don't forget about Kwanzaa. Thank you so much, Janet Richpeter, our research director, and my wife also, for that information. Right. And um, I thank you all for being here. I thank you, Ellen, for coming. And I thank you, Larry, for coming. So anyway, we're going to go to a break now. And um, when we come back from the break, we'll have more to say. LI News Radio, History Hour. everybody, welcome back to this special Christmas edition of History Island here on LI News Talk Radio 103.9. So I'm Dale Spencer, your host. We're talking about Christmas stories right now. So uh, the phones are open tonight, 631-451-1039. Call in and we'll get you on air with your Christmas story or Christmas comments. Uh, now I'm going to play a song now. It's a nice Christmas song. It was recorded um, after 9-11 by Pat Benatar and Neil Gerardo, and they did this song after 9-11, and all the proceeds from the song went to helping children affected by the tragic events of 9-11. The song is called Christmas in America. 
Pat Benatar, Neil Gerardo, Christmas in America. Thank you, guys. If you're out there listening tonight, thank you so much for all the work you've done for Long Island, for the music scene. Of course, Pat and Neil are in our Long Island Music Hall of Fame. 
And um, they're just a great couple. Many people on Long Island have seen them. We all have our own memories of them. So anyway, we're going to go to the phone right now. And let's talk to our first guest, Robert. Hello. How are you tonight? Hey, very good. How's it going there, Robert? I'm doing pretty good. Um, You know, I just got a few Christmas stories I'd like to share. Um, Well, one thing, um, I grew up in Smithtown, and I remember as a child back in the 60s, always having uh, a lot of snow around. So you could pretty much count on a white Christmas. And, um, you know, uh, I had older brothers in my family, and they would tell me stories about sleigh riding down Landing Avenue Country Club, and um, I believe that they even had a a ski lift there at one time. uh, Before it was the Landing Avenue Country Club, but it was Merrywood. It was a private course. But as far as, you know, Christmas stories, you know, being that I had the the two older brothers, you know, they always... um, made Christmas a little interesting, like telling me little secrets where the presents were being stored in in my parents' closet. You know how that goes. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> well, once you know where they're stored, your, your curiosity takes over. Yeah, so, we had the same like, thing in our house. Yeah, so it's like, there they are. You know, it's like a, a week before Christmas, so, so I knew where the presents were. So what does a normal kid do? You take, you take the little corner and you open it up, and lo and behold... Underneath that corner of that wrapper was a brand new G.I. Joe. Oh, G.I. Joe. Yeah, that was my childhood also. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a lot of people, a lot of young folks, uh, boys especially, um, played with them. They were life They were like 12 inches high, and they came with a ton of accessories. You could have uh, like a, a Navy G.I. Joe, a Army G.I. Joe, and... Uh, you, you had G.I. Joe's yourself, Bill? Oh, yeah. I had um, the G.I. Joe Jeep, the G.I. Joe Space Capsule, which is a pretty amazing item. And I had the G.I. Joe Skiing Man, uh, who was dressed in a white ski uniform with snow shoes and skis. And I also had the G.I. Joe Deep Sea Diver in a real diving suit. Like I said, there were so many uh, uh, accessories. And, of course, you had to have the Foot Locker. To put all these accessories in. Oh yeah, who didn't have the footlocker, right? You know, grenades. Uh, like you said, snowshoes. I, I I had the white skis myself. Oh, so. by the way, the skiing man with the white suit and the skis had white hand grenades. Oh really? Yes, his grenades were not green colored; they were white. I just want to mention about the GI Joe we currently have. Yeah, they're kind of small. Well, no, we have one that was donated from Mr. Gerald Gibbons. It's an Air Force G.I. Joe from that period, and it's in the like new. Oh, very nice. Oh, yeah. wow, yeah. I just remembered that when you guys were getting all excited about these what angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were boys. That's what we loved. <laughs> you could play for hours with those things. You sure could. And then right after that, believe it or not, it was like in, in the late 60s when all the New York sports teams were doing so fantastic. The, the Mets won, the Jets won, the Knicks won. My parents, on the, the, I believe it was the following Christmas, got me a actual Joe Namath doll. You could pull its arm back, and it would throw a football, and you, and, and you could put a football on a stand, and, and its leg kicked. I spent hours with that thing. Too. Oh, my God, I, I forgot it. about that. I haven't heard about that toy in years. Yes, I remember that one very well. Okay, we're coming up to a break, so you want to hang on there a minute, Robert? Sure, 
Sure. Okay, good. So now you're listening to History Island on LI News Radio. I'm your host, Dale Spencer, and we're doing our Christmas special show. We'll be right back with you. Everybody, welcome back to our Christmas Spectacular. This is History Island on 103.9 LI News Radio. And of course, I'm your host, Dale Spencer, with my special guest tonight, Larry Farrell, our intrepid reporter, and Ellen Oakfist, the president of the Lake Heritage Association. So now one song I want to play for you. I think this is a pretty special one. A long time ago, Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister, and I'm sure any of you baby boomers out there know Dee very well as the leader of Twisted Sister, who played in every bar and club on Long Island for years and years and years. Dee also does a lot of charity work on Long Island and um, some great things like the bike rides for charity. But anyway, he did a song, um, and he gave this song to Celine Dion to record, and it became quite a hit for her when she did it. And um, everyone knew this, the version by her. Well, many years later, he got together with Lizzie Hale, and they did a version of this great song. So we're going to listen to that song right now. Oh, 
Thanks a lot. The Magic of Christmas Day by Dee Snyder, along with Lizzie Hale. By the way, they recorded that song in November of 2020, and they did that together to record a pandemic version that people who were stuck and frozen in their homes could listen to. Thank you to so much for that. Okay, so now we're going to go back to the phones and we're going to talk to Jerry. Hello, this is Jerry from uh, Centerport. I have a Christmas season store, not a Christmas store itself. Of course, it happened on New Year's Eve rather than Christmas Eve. But back in uh, the mid-70s, I did something that I wanted to do all my life, but every New Yorker probably wants to do all his life. I want to go into uh, Times Square to see the ball come down uh, on, on New Year's Eve. So a friend of mine and I took the Long Island Railroad from Huntington into uh, Penn Station. We, we went up to Times Square. Of course, we go in there at 8 o'clock, which kind of guaranteed that we'd get nowhere near Times Square itself. We were on a side street with a mob of other people, so we didn't even see the ball come down. Um, so we decided to uh, go back to Penn Station, go home. It started raining. It was a, a gentle drizzle. Then it rained a little harder. We get to Penn Station, and I find out that the train to Huntington isn't for an hour and a half, but there's a train to Oyster Bay in about 10 minutes. Well, I wasn't as familiar with Long Island then as I am now, and growing up in Huntington, I said, oh, Oyster Bay, Huntington, what's the difference? I'll just hop the train to Oyster Bay. So my friend and I get on the train to Oyster Bay, and uh, the train heads east. By the time we get off the train in Oyster Bay, it's probably about uh, 1.30, and the rain has turned to snow. Not just snow, blizzard snow. The snow was coming down so hard and, and so thick that we could barely see in front of us. So we get off the train in Oyster Bay, and uh, the plan was, was my friend to call his father, because my parents were away, and his father was to come and pick us up in Oyster Bay from Huntington. He call, uh, my friend calls his father. It turns out his father and mother were in the basement with a plumber. There was a, uh, a burst pipe, and the basement was flooded with water. And his father said, number one, Oyster Bay is too far to drive in a blizzard. Number two, we're busy with the, uh, le- the uh, flood in the basement. So my friend and I, um, you know, the, we hang the phone up and with the Oyster Bay train station and this, the, bl- the snow is coming down, blizzard-like conditions. So we two forlorn slo- souls walk down the street. There are no human beings around at all, just snow. And then we see a bar, so we go into the bar, and we got a temporary respect. Because it was New Year's Eve, they had a whole spread of cold cuts out, so we were able to at least have some sandwiches and drink some beer. But the bar closes at about 3 a.m., and they kick us out. So we walk out back in the blizzard again, and, it was, and the snow was coming down. And we're saying to ourselves, what are we going to do? <laughs> it's the middle <laughs> of the night in a blizzard. And then we look up towards uh, the Oyster Bay train station, and uh, there's a Long Island Railroad car in the train. Now, this was the day when they still had the diesel locomotives and the manual-operated uh, um, doors to the railroad cars. And the lights were on in, a, in one of the railroad cars in the railroad yard. So we walk up, we climb up the stairs, we open the door, and, and we go inside the railroad car. Luckily for us, the car was all lit up and the heat was on. So we just lay down on uh, two seats and, and fell asleep waiting for the train that wasn't going to leave Oyster Bay till 6 a.m. Then around 6 a.m., conductor comes, wakes us up, and uh, we take the train to Mineola. We go off the train to Mineola, and it is freezing. 
often after snowstorms, the weather gets really cold. So we ended up uh, going back, taking the train back to Huntington. So uh, we had a little adventure, but looking back on it now, you know, 40 years later, I'm saying to myself, you know, we were darn lucky. I mean, many a person who was caught in a snow, snow blizzard in the middle of the night um, lost their lives. And the fact that we had the, uh, a, a train we could climb into and, uh, you know, stay warm in was a real big break. And, of course, Christmas is the birth of Christ. And looking back on now, I thank the Christ child that um, he got my friend and, and I safely through the night, which is more than a lot of other people could say when they were caught in a similar circumstance. So that's uh, my Christmas season story. Oh, that's a great story, Jerry. I think many of us also have that kind of crazy story. I know I have a few of them. And you know what? We always had someone up there looking out for us to get us home. Uh, hey, listen, thanks a lot. Merry Christmas for calling in. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy Thank you, Christmas. Jerry. Okay, we're going to go right over to our next call, and that's going to be Matt in Wisconsin. Hello? Good evening, Matt. Yeah, this is Matt. So, you got a Christmas story for us? Yeah, it's so funny because the last call, I was going to tell, uh, uh, can I tell two? <laughs> no, no, we're very short on time, so you okay, got about okay. two minutes. All right, I'll make it quick. I was going to tell about when I was kid, when I was a kid about you know going to the union hall and my dad's union and getting toys and stuff. But the, your last caller telling of his story, uh, it, I said, "Wow, that's that, I should." T- I, it reminded me of something that happened to me probably about twenty years ago. I was um, I went uh, I went to see my sister and then I um, I drove home in my car and this, I got caught in a storm that was going from west to east. And then I went and I stopped over at my friend's house at Northport, and my car was acting weird, like, right before I got to her house. So, and I couldn't stay there, you know, a long time, but I said hi and bye. So then I ended up going to back of my car, and then suddenly my, uh, my, my, my tra- I don't know if it was my transmission, whatever it was, it, you know, uh, yeah, it was my, I had a broken accelerator cable. So I, pu- I would put the car in drive, and I would just drove down the road to, uh, the uh, the IGA over by Fort Salonga, and then next thing you know, I have my car on. I forgot to turn the you know I heard turn off the car, but I didn't turn off the lights. Then I saw my battery go dead. I'm like, this isn't good. And then so there I am. It's a, uh, everybody was happy because it was a white Christmas. In fact, it was Christmas uh, 2002, and it was a white Christmas. And everyone was like, wow, it's a white Christmas, you know, except for me. And I'm stuck in this IGA parking lot, and, I, and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? You know, and there was, you know, I didn't have AAA back then, and all the cabs were out. So I'm just, I'm driving, you know, so I saw these kids, like, playing, in, you know, they were playing, you know, in the snow, like, with, with their car. And they were doing, like, donuts and stuff in the parking lot. So they charged the car. They got the battery charged. And I started the car up, but like I said, I had a broken accelerator cable. So what, what I had to do is I had to slam down the, the, the pedal just to get it up to 30 miles an hour. I had to find the sweet spot, slam it down, and then bring it up to 30 miles an hour. And then I just set cruise control. But every time I came to a light, I had to you know, start all over again. And it took me an hour to get from, uh, from Fort Salonga to where I was living in Lake Ronkakuma. And uh, that was grueling. So it was hard enough driving with a broken accelerator cable, but I was doing that in a snowstorm. So, so. Matt, another story of another person who is got God looking out for them and getting them home where they need to go on Christmas or New Year's. We've all had those stories. Um, hey, thank you so much for calling in. That's a great story. Merry Christmas to you. Oh, and, and thank the caller before me, because I probably wouldn't have even told that story if I didn't hear his story first, you know, because, uh, you know. 
he made me think of it. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's really yeah. great. Okay, right, so well. now what we're going to do. Thanks a lot, Matt. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Dale. Now, let's uh, go to our intrepid reporter, Larry Farrell, and he's going to give us a little bit of historical information about Christmas. Good evening, everyone. Tonight's story is going to be about the history of Christmas in America. Christmas history of New York, things we sort of knew. Today's known Christmas celebrations originated in Manhattan, brought over from Dutch settlers in the 1800s. Twas the Night Before Christmas was written in 1822 by Clement Clark Moore, featuring Santa's eight reindeer, here, here to fill the family's stockings with toys. His short visits filled with the silent house with joys and wonder. This read-out-loud classic has been beloved for generations. After Moore wrote the poem, he named, a vi- named it A Visit from St. Nicholas. He read it to his children on Christmas Eve, and a friend visiting from upstate was so impressed, she sent it to an editor, a newspaper editor, without permission, who, which published the article the following year. The Sentinel News published it in 1823, a year later, and um, a visit from St. Nicholas, now attributed to him. Clement was a, t- a New York theologian from the Chelsea part of Manhattan. Donner and Blitzen were originally named Dunder and Blixem. An original signed copy of the poem in 2006 sold for $280,000. Wow. During the Civil War in 1863, New York cartoonist Thomas Nast created the first image of Santa Claus. Well, wait, didn't Coca-Cola invent Santa? Coca-Cola did not create the legend of Santa Claus, but how Coca-Cola's advertising did play a role in shaping the jolly character we know today. Before 1931, there were many different depictions of Santa Claus around the world, including a tall, gaunt man and even an elf. There was even a scary clause. But in 1931... Coca-Cola commissioned uh, an illustrator, Haddon Sunbloom, to paint Santas uh, for Christmas advertisements. Those paintings established Santa as a warm, happy character with human features, including rosy cheeks, a white beard, twinkling eyes, and laugh lines on his face. He drew the inspiration from an 1822 poem by Clement Clark Moore called A Visit from St. Nicholas, commonly known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. Wow, that all comes around somehow full circle, Larry. Full circle back to that poem. That's how it all started. Okay, so amazing history by Larry as usual. We're running down near the end of our show. Let's get a story in by Ellen Oakfist and see what she's got to say. This is Ellen Oakfist, and I'm of Swedish descent. Dale, I will first like to remind everyone that today is the winter stolas the mother mag the winter stolas is so important and it is the reversal of the sun's ebbing in the sky in ancient times it was seen as the symbolic death and rebirth of the sun or of the sun god as for my christmas story for hundreds of years my family has continued swedish traditions especially at christmas Swedish Christmas celebrations start directly after All Saints Day. Come five o'clock on Christmas Eve, the world stopped at the family homestead, the home of my grandparents, Ivor and Elsie Oakfist. The excitement of the holiday built up for weeks. 
My grandparents made sure that everything was perfect. Some of the food, ham, rye bread, herring, meatballs, rice pudding, with fresh raspberry sauce, just a few off the menu. The atmosphere, love everywhere. Caroling, stories, respect. The gifts, Ivor would prearrange for a neighbor to stomp across the roof and drop the gifts off on the front lawn. Imitating the Christmas tomping gnomes. The famous Oakfist brothers, Iva, Eric, and William, made glug that was distributed to neighbors and friends, and at one time was laughingly said to be off limits to the, the rest of the community because of the strength of it. Phone calls came into the landline in the back room, and we spoke to our extended family, who called from all over the world. The feeling during and after the night could never be duplicated. We are a family and we know it. This is the bond of the Oakfist family. Well, I, isn't that I, what it's all about? Yes, right? it is. It um, is. What we're talking about with Christmas is love the people around you. Take care of everyone around you. Right. That's what Christmas is all about. And I leave you with good Yule. So everybody have a great Christmas. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we're going to go out with one more great piece of music. Picture postcard, a bold discover, a program of the place. We'll find a way the photographs of your holiday. And your mementos will turn to dust. That's the price you pay for every year. The souvenir that slowly fades away. Every year, the souvenir. Slowly fade away. Night long, Merry Christmas.